Hello, everyone, and welcome to PBN Style. This is the number one podcast for thinkups, startups, and scale-ups who want to use authentic marketing to build their brand. Today on this episode, guys, I am ranting. This is a rant because of recent events in my business and in the business of some of my friends. I wanted to come on here and just kind of talk about it and give my two cents about it and get your two cents as well because if you are a business owner i'm sure you have run into this and i want to hear kind of how you've handled it but first i'm going to kind of go through what it is i think we should be doing (laughs) because it's my podcast and i want to rant today welcome to pb and style the perfect podcast sandwich where host andrea patrick empowers educates and encourages you to find your inner influencer and personify their brand She'll have you tapping into your authentic authority and engaging in a real way. Remember, leadership is a journey, not a destination. Enjoy today's dish. All right, so today we were talking about people who want something for nothing and how do we as entrepreneurs handle that? How do we, as someone who may be the person who wants something for nothing, how do how do they handle that? And we're just going to walk through that today because I'm sure given the state of um, where we are with our country, with COVID-19, um, small businesses have struggled. We're trying to get the economy back up and running. However, a lot of people just aren't familiar with social media management and marketing, um, and it's a struggle for them. So they may want or feel a need to hire someone to do that for them, but are unfamiliar with what all that entails and the um, pricing around that and the amount of effort that is that it takes to really help build someone's social media. And so, you know, if you are out there and you are struggling with that, I would love to help you. So make sure that you, you know, find me, definitely follow me on Instagram, AFPatrick, um, because I would love to chat with you and talk to you and maybe give you some encouragement on that front. I talk about different things there as well as here on the podcast and on my YouTube channel. But for today, this is just a simple rant. It's just, you know, you got to be able to vent somewhere, right? And so why not? I have a podcast. Why not use it to vent, right? So raise your hand out there if you have dealt with someone who upon first glance seems to want something for nothing, okay? So if that is you, if you, if you run into that, then this podcast is definitely for you. Okay. So I kind of wanted to go through what exactly people are paying for when they are trying to hire an expert in something. And so I kind of came up with this, this outline and I want to run through it and it's not very long, but I feel like people really need to understand not only those of us who are selling the service or the product, but also those who seemingly believe that there is no value associated with the service or product that they seem to need or want from someone who is selling said product or service. And so I kind of wanted to go through three different areas that I think we need to look at, both as entrepreneurs and someone who is looking to, um, to use someone else's service. Because we have to really think about what it all involves when we are asking someone to do something or when we are providing the service. And so I want to look at their expertise, their time, and the convenience. And so follow along with me 
and just kind of jot down any ideas you might have on ways that you would handle things, whether you're someone selling a service or whether you're someone who is receiving a service. Because I want to hear from you. I kind of want to know your thoughts on it. I want to really engage on this topic because I'm trying to understand it. You know, I mean, I'm trying to understand the mentality of people. So I hope you guys can help me out. And I hope we can have a uh, an adult conversation about this in the comment section. Okay, so let's look at expertise. So by definition, an expert is one with special skill or knowledge representing mastery of a particular subject. So first of all, when you approach, approach someone with a need, you have to recognize that the person you're approaching has studied this subject matter. They've studied this product. They have an extensive knowledge on how it works or how the process should go if it's a service. And they didn't just wake up that morning and decide, oh, I'm going to hang out a shingle. And even if they did, that doesn't mean that the level of knowledge or the expertise in that particular subject matter isn't there. It just means they decided to create a business that provides a service or a product around a subject matter that they are extensively trained in or have extensive knowledge on. So for instance, if someone just started a business and they're telling you, or you happen to know that they just started a business, that doesn't mean that they don't know what they're doing in terms of the, the knowledge and service or product that they're providing. It does mean, however, that they may not have the business acumen they need to be a sophisticated business owner and have all of those ducks in a row. But again, you're not paying them to have their business acumen together. You're paying them for their knowledge, the extensive knowledge they have in something. And on the opposite side of that, if you are someone who just hung your shingle out, but you have a vast knowledge on a particular subject matter, you can't be afraid of the business acumen or the lack of business acumen. Yes, you need to get out there and you need to learn. You need to um, begin to uh, you know, actively seek out knowledge and the expertise of someone who does have business acumen. That's your assignment. But in terms of the subject that you are selling or the product or service you are selling, obviously you would not have started a business in that area if you didn't have an extensive knowledge on it or feel like you could really serve your customer base with the information you had. So you have got to remember this in the negotiation process with potential customers or potential collaborators. I do not let people make me feel like I am less than because maybe my business isn't as old as their business, or I don't have the number of certifications that they may have, but I have years and years of experience in the subject matter that I sell in the processes and, and procedures that I am selling to my customers. And I've tested my theories and I've created courses. And so I feel like my time has a value. My expertise has a value. And so we as entrepreneurs cannot cower to the fact that maybe our business acumen isn't there we have to rise above and be confident in the fact that the knowledge we have the expertise we have the number of years of experience we have that is value and that people should respect that part of what we're offering so again um, it's important for us to remember that we've mastered something as entrepreneurs. And it's, it's important for those who are looking to receive our services to remember that we've mastered a subject that you have come to us for. 
And there should be an expectation that a value would be placed on that, okay? And the next, it's important to keep in mind that you're reaching out to them because you don't have the skills you need to achieve your end goal. So granted, there are people who do what I do. There are tons of people who are marketers. Maybe you are, um, I don't know, maybe you are a human resources consultant. There are tons of people who could possibly be human resources consultants. That's not the issue. It's important to keep in mind that you reached out to someone specifically because they showed they had a skill set you needed to tap into to achieve your goal. Now, the next thing you need to determine is whether or not they're the right fit for you. Obviously, that's something that needs to be determined. But there should never be an expectation that there is no value associated with that person's time or expertise, okay? And then also when it comes to the expert, even when you do consult one, I believe it's equally important to collaborate with them and not to abdicate. And what I mean by that is um, you just like when you have an event and you hire an event planner or you hire someone to promote your event for you. Oh, I have a good one. Say you are a vendor at a a vendor event, a vendor show, you can't abdicate your responsibility to get people in the door to the person who's creating the vendor event because their responsibility, yes, is to promote it and to get their people there, but it's your business. If you're a vendor, it's your business and it would behoove you to then collaborate with the person putting on the show by inviting your current customers or potential customers that you have in your database. So that's what I mean. You don't want to abdicate your responsibility and put the onus on the person that you hire altogether. You want to work with them, right? To provide them with what they need to do their best job for you. You want to set them up for success so that they can help you with your needs. Um, don't expect them to know what those needs are either. If you've listened to me for any extended period of time, you know that I am talking about personal branding. I believe it's very important for you to live your value, love yourself enough to be yourself so that you can lead with intention. And it's important that you live your value and you love yourself enough to be yourself. Because what that means is you've done your work to know what you like, what you don't like, and what your non-negotiables are. And then by loving yourself enough to be yourself, you are confidently walking in that knowledge and you are able to communicate that knowledge to those you collaborate with. So that say, for instance, you are hiring a social media manager. You can tell your social media manager what you like, what you don't like, and what you won't tolerate from those in your comment section, for instance, or you can say, you can say, what you like or don't like in terms of the type of content they create. Or you can say, you know what? I just feel more comfortable creating the content and you sharing it because I know how I like things to go. It's important for you to know yourself because then you are collaborating with your expert instead of abdicating all of the responsibility and putting the onus on them to make you successful. If you think about that for a second, listen, why would you put all of your eggs in a basket for someone who doesn't even know who you are and expect then 
that they're supposed to figure it all out and make you successful in a certain time period when you put no skin in the game. So you have to really know what it is you need, right? They, they, they aren't going to know that. So you need to have done your due diligence to live your value and love yourself enough to be yourself. So in this collaboration, you can lead with intention and purpose, with intention and purpose. Okay. And then you don't want them, you don't expect them to know you specifically, you got to come to the table, like I said, with all of that information and having done all of that work. So you don't want to, you don't want to abdicate your responsibility. You want to collaborate. You don't need to, they don't need to have to wonder who you are, what you need. You need to bring all of that to the table so that they can do their best work for you. So that's kind of what I have in terms of an expert. And then listen, experts, on the flip side of that, you need to make sure that you set processes up to gather that type of intel on the onset of the relationship with this new customer, this new potential customer. I was working with someone who is also a consultant and I was like, okay, if someone is reaching out to you to work with them, if you have high standards for who it is you work with, then you need to qualify those people on the onset of them reaching out to you so that you're not wasting your time. So she created an intake form that basically qualifies people for her services. And so, A, if they don't fill it out, then, hey, they weren't for you. Or if they fill it out and they say their budget does not meet your minimum standard, then you can say to them, hey, here is another potential opportunity that is not as um, is not as costly, but could potentially still help you. And therefore you're building a relationship with them and helping them along. Maybe it's for free or it's more of a um, cost-effective service or product that you provide that they can go through that will help them build their, um, build their, their, their ability to pay. And then they can kind of move on and you can upsell them to the, the, the base level product that you serve. So then they meet your requirements to work with them, whatever the case may be. But, um, on, as an expert, we also have to do our due diligence and not allow potential customers to abdicate. We have to have those processes and policies in place, a structure built around our business that is, protects us from people who want something for nothing. So we both, on both sides of the spectrum, we both have to do our due diligence. As an entrepreneur, as an expert, we have to set ourselves up for success, build structure around our business, and build policies and procedures that protect us. As someone who is looking for a service, it's in, it's in your best interest to really know who you are, understand what you need, so that you can collaborate and not abdicate when you finally get to an expert that you feel is someone you can work with. Therefore, you're not coming to the table with expectations that they are not their offering or their product or service does not have a value because you know you have value and you want to work with people who have value right so you're not going to go into expecting things for nothing now the next thing i want to talk about is time okay so your expert is busy if they're an expert if they're in business whether they're just starting their business they're busy growing their business if they are um, you know, someone who's been in business for a while, they're an established business owner, then they have clients and they have 
things that are going on, meetings, networking, their own content that they're creating, their own business that they're managing, all the administrative things, um, all the marketing services, all the IT things, whatever it is they're doing, their time is very valuable. So experts or the people that you want to collaborate, they have their own obligations. And often their customers and other projects that they're working on, right? So we, as, um, ex as the experts, have to be mindful of our time and how valuable a chunk of our time is and look at, okay, how can we break up our time so that we can balance our day and still have time for ourselves, have time for our families. We have to quantify the, um, the time that we are giving people. Okay. And so as on the other side of that, if we're looking for an expert, we have to recognize that everybody has the same amount of hours in a day. And if we are in business to serve or to sell products, we have to split our time and it has to be, we have to optimize the time that we are working in those workday hours. So there has to be a, a, a value associated to that. Also, many, you know, again, like we, we as experts are putting, pro, putting a price tag on our time in order to maximize it, optimize it, and manage it. When I'm working with my customers, I'm always telling them, calendar block your schedule so that you know how much time you are going to be spending on any given task in your business and give each time frame a title so that you know what type of task goes into that particular time slot. And I love, uh, um, what is her name? Um, I love Jordan Page. Jordan Page has a fantastic, I'll link it below, video on block scheduling. She, she allots for everything. She puts, you know, her morning workouts and routines, um, the time getting her kids ready for school, any doctor's appointments, like she has a blocked out time so that if a child is sick or she has an appointment or she needs to go to a doctor, she knows exactly in which time slot she'll say, you know, I have Tuesdays and Thursdays between, you know, 10 and 1 to do appointments. And so when I call to make my appointments, that's when I kind of need to try to make it fall. You know, at first, you know, when we're first trying to make the appointments, those are the time slots that I need to try to fit my appointment in or the kid's appointment in. So managing our time as experts is about maximizing, optimizing, and managing. As someone who's looking to receive our services, it's important for you to realize that, again, we all have the same amount of time. And just like you have things to do, even if that thing to do is to sit on your sofa and eat bonbons, that is your time. And if that's what you want to do with it, you have the right to do that with your time. And so as experts, we need to learn to manage our calendars, optimize what time we have to work, and manage the expectations of those we do business with so that they stay within the time allotted for business as it, as it relates to you. So, you know, as someone who is looking for a service, don't be surprised by someone's pricing when they're asking you to pay for their service because their service takes up their time. 
And if they've, if they've put a time, a price on an hour of their time, then, then you have to either respect that or you have to take a lesser service, you know, or you just move on and find someone who's less expensive. But the idea is not to try to get something for nothing. Um, one of the things that I just get, I just, it just triggers me so is when someone wants to, now I'm not saying that this is a bad thing and definitely it has its place, but when someone first meets you and the first thing they want to do is say, well, um, I can do this for you if you do that for me. Like they want to barter. And sometimes I'm not like, again, I'm not saying that bartering is bad, especially when you're first getting started. There is a period of time where you're doing things for free, but there also becomes a time when your time is your time and bartering does not meet those expectations, doesn't meet that need. Um, and so we have to respect that if we're looking to receive a service. Again, as an expert, we have to guard our time because we only have so much of it. It is, it is a resource that you cannot get back. So we have to be mindful of that, not only as the expert, but as the person who wants to receive the service. Now, lastly, I want to talk about this idea of convenience, because as someone who's looking to receive a service, there are a couple of reasons that you, you know, you are looking to receive the particular service or product, right? So the convenience of not having to figure it out yourself is also a factor in hiring someone to do a job or hiring an expert. Because remember, you're the one reaching out to the expert. Now, I have these three reasons that I feel people are looking, right? They have a need, right? So you don't know what you're doing, but you have this need and you aren't really willing to take the time to learn how to do it yourself. Or it's a time sensitive matter and you need it done right away and you want to get someone who already knows how to do it to do it for you. Or you don't have time to do what needs to be done and you just want somebody else to do it, right? So, or you don't want to do what needs to be done. So you just don't want to do it. It's not that you don't have the time and it's not that you um, don't really know how or you're not willing to learn how on your own you just don't want to do it right you just don't want to do it so in that case you're actually paying for the convenience of having someone else do it for you so if that is the case there should not be an expectation that you can get something for nothing if you don't want to do it if you can't do it or if you don't have time to do it then you are going to have to find someone to do it for you or it's not going to get done, right? Okay, so that means now you are taking someone else's time to do what you need done. So there should not be an expectation that you can get something for nothing. There should be an expectation that there is a value the person you are seeking to get help from has placed on the product or service that you need. As an expert, we should be, we should recognize that it is a convenience that someone uses our service. They don't have to use our service. Again, whatever it is you do, I'm sure there are 10 people in your area, at least, who do the same thing. So they don't have to use you, right? So we should 
in some regard be appreciative that someone has at least reached out to us. So we should make it as easy as possible for them to choose us, which means we have to do our due diligence and present ourselves as the experts that we are so that when they come to us, they recognize that they are in the presence of an expert. And then the question becomes, you know, do I want to work with this, with this particular expert? So we, on both sides of this coin, have to do our due diligence and recognize that each has a role and that each person's role is important in this particular relationship, but neither of us should take the other for granted and recognize that we each have value, okay? So listen, I get it. We all feel like we work hard for our money and we don't want to waste it on expert imposters, right? Well, fortunately, the internet really does afford us a way to mitigate a little bit of that risk. So before you reach out to someone to help you with your business, think about doing the following, okay? First, research them via their social media platforms. If, if you are worth your salt these days, you have a social media presence, especially given the climate with this pandemic. With our inability to get out and do networking one-on-one, people are doing Zooms more and more often. People are starting to, my business is blown up because businesses need to engage and grow virtually and they don't really know how to do that. They feel artificial. So I'm helping people with authentic marketing to really get in there, get in there and be themselves, build those relationships on their social media platforms, engage and have those conversations with people and get them over to their website or over to their email list and continue to build their tribe that way and build the loyalty and respect that way. So I get it. So the first thing you want to do is to reach research them via their social media platforms. And when you do that, look at things like, do they practice what they preach? Are they getting any engagement? And do you see any positive feedback from the comments that they make? Are there likes? Are there, are the, is there a comment? Are there comments? positive comments regarding whatever it is they posted Um, on sites like LinkedIn. Have they been endorsed for anything? Now, what I will say about this particular type of research is that numbers aren't the overall indicator of expertise, but the quality of their content and the following is a really good indicator Um, and the engagement over the following, I would say. So if they are producing quality content and they're giving away tons of information and you find that from what they're giving away, you're able to kind of pull some things together and get a little bit of help prior to, you know, really having to engage really. That's the sign of someone who really is out to help you and not just make a ton of money. And that's kind of what is what I look for anyway. Next, you want to check out their website, right? They offer a newsletter opt-in option. Now, I know a lot of people are kind of bogged down with newsletters, but they aren't going anywhere because it's a great way to build relationships It's a great way to build a tribe. And that's kind of uh, another indicator that someone is really in it for the people that they are trying to serve. And they're not just trying to get money because usually in newsletters, you get a ton of content that you probably won't find anywhere else. Tons of free courses and, 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 and all types of uh, answers to questions are given inside those free newsletters or some of those private Facebook groups you'll also find. So remember what I've said, um, because it's important to 
like really tap into those offerings. They just really are a great resource for determining the quality of the information and actually getting to know that prospect better, that expert better. Next, if you check out their website, look and see if their services match your need, right? As an expert, if you are creating a newsletter, if you are the one building your website, people should be able to go to your website and see what you offer because they're measuring what you offer against what it is they need. In your newsletter, you need to make sure that you're sharing quality information with them that is giving them what they need and offering them a robust amount of information so that they feel like, wow, if they're giving me this for free, imagine what their pay, what their paid course is going to be like or what their paid service is going to be like. Okay, and then lastly, um, for checking out their website, does their site look credible or is it busy and distracting? Um, you can tell a lot, like, you know, when you walk into someone's house, I believe you can tell a lot about a person by kind of the way their house is set up and the way they keep their house. And you might disagree with this because I know a lot of us are busy, but you know, if you walk into someone's house who is really organized, you, you know that that person is really organized and they're really clean and they really like, you know, they like things just so. And so if that matches your personality, then great. To me, that says, I kind of look at websites the same way. Is the website, you know, is it clean? Is it is it really giving you the information that you need? Um, does it look credible? Or does it look really, really like, like they just kind of threw stuff up against the wall to see what would stick and there's really no rhyme or reason to it and you don't really know where to go to get the information that you need? Or does the site look like it's just specifically to sell you something? Like, hey, sell, buy this, buy this, flashing lights, buy this, buy this. And there's no real opportunity for you to gain knowledge about that particular person or about the, the services that they provide. These are good indicators to me, at least, on whether or not this is someone that I want to work with. Okay, so if um, and then lastly, the thing that you can check is check to see if the free material um, is something that you could use to help you get started until you can afford to pay for the services. And then as an expert, guys, listen, let's clean our websites up. Let's make sure our social media is, is, is where it needs to be. It's on par. Um, recently someone in my circle that I know, um, not a, not a, like a close friend of mine, but someone in one of the establishments that I frequent, was fired because her social media, um, even though it was her personal social media, caused some problems at work. And so guys, it would really behoove us as experts to, to kind of be neutral um, in terms of our social media, especially if we're trying to get business because it's, so, it's one thing to have an opinion. You could definitely have your opinion. And if, if you are, you know, extroverted and you don't care you don't you know whatever if they don't like you for that if that's your attitude then great but just know that you are being evaluated not only by what you show on your business page but on your personal page as well and so we have to clean that up if we want to capture as many leads as possible 
um, and quality leads, right? We want to make sure that we are doing our due diligence to engage more, to practice what we preach, to provide positive feedback, and um, to really do uh, what we need to do to provide quality content to those who are looking to us for that information. And we need to clean our website up, offer a newsletter that gives even more, like give, give, give. We mean we need to give, give, give so that people feel like we are we are there to serve, right? We want to be able to solve people prob- people's problems. And I don't know if you've ever heard the saying, but people don't care what you know until they know that you care. That is so true, especially in light of the times we find ourselves in. If you are just trying to sell to somebody, they don't want that. That's not what they want. People are really looking for relationships. And so if we want to stop getting those people who want something for nothing, then we've got to start giving way more than they're expecting so that they want to pay you for the good stuff that's behind the scenes, that's behind the veil, because they think it's going to be even better than what you're giving them right now for free. Now, if you find yourself in a situation where people are expecting something for nothing, then remember what I've said here today. As the expert, you have to be prepared to give more than you get in order to get what you feel you're worth. You have to manage expectations of those inquiring about your services at the onset of your connection. And then also you need to guard your time and energy by qualifying those leads early on. Now, a lot of what I've just talked about is difficult for new business owners. I understand that I have been there. And there is a period in time when you first start your business where you feel like there's a little imposter syndrome, right? Like they couldn't possibly want to pay me for this. Like, why would they want to pay me for this? Well, if you know what you know, and you have a perspective on how to solve similar challenges in your customers' lives, then you are the expert. No matter how long you've been selling, you are the expert. You have the knowledge. You have the expertise. You may not have the business acumen. You may not have the business experience. But that does not take away from the knowledge you have or the expertise you have in the subject matter you're selling. So I want to help you get over that imposter syndrome And I have a four-day mini video course called the Authentic Marketing Blueprint. And during this camp, I'll get you more comfortable with connecting who you are to your expertise for an end result that makes doing business and managing the expectations of your customers clear, consistent, and authentic. You'll find the link to this free course in the show notes, or you can just go to my website, andreapatrick.com forward slash authentic dash marketing dash blueprint. So I want to thank you again for joining me today. You have been listening to the number one podcast for think ups, startups, and scale ups who want to use authentic marketing to build their brand. Remember, follow me on Instagram at afpatrick. Also subscribe to PBN Style now and join me here again next week for another episode. All right, guys. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to join Andrea over on our website where all the deliciousness really happens at andreapatrick.com. You can also find her on Facebook at AF Patrick Consult, Twitter at Andrea F. Patrick, LinkedIn at AF Patrick, and Instagram at AF Patrick. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.